Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting His kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. Today's message is The Ripple Effect. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. We are going to be in the the book of Acts today, uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, actually. So just right right at the the beginning of Acts. Uh, And I I usually hit this this sermon, or at least this passage, um, every year, um, because I I think it's an important passage. Um, Anytime you have uh, basically the last words that, that Christ spoke, uh, you know, while he was here on, on earth, I think that's probably something that we should at least explore and, and think about. And, and really, you know, our, our kind of our tagline uh, here at, at Journey is uh, living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. And, and uh, that, that general thought process um, kind of comes from this passage. It kind of starts with you living your life for Christ and then moving out to impacting his kingdom. And, and I think that's a, a good principle that we actually see here in the book of, uh, book of Acts uh, that, that Jesus uh, gives to his disciples, and they, they clearly, clearly followed it very well. But when I think about this passage, I, I think about, and this is such a simple and a overused example, but, well, I guess maybe I was lazy this week and I just chose an easy one. But uh, the one thing that I loved as a kid was throwing rocks in the lake, right? How many of you have kids that just you can just go to a lake or a river or whatever, and they will just throw rocks for? And you're like, this is the greatest thing. Can I put a river in my backyard? I could just send my kids out there, and they just throw rocks in it all day. You know, and I love doing that. And then I can remember, uh, you know, as I got older, my dad, you know, he would skip rocks, and uh, and I was just fascinated. It's like. How, do, how does that work? How do you do that? You know, and as you're a kid, you, you know, you, you're, my dad would do that, and I'd take the rock and I'd throw it, and you, of course, it doesn't skip. And it's just a, a fascinating thing. But one thing I loved about it, and I can remember one time we were up in uh, uh, Rio Dosa, and uh, there's this lake, and it's called Lake Bonita. Um, and it, it was just, just an idyllic setting, right? You just see it. It's there in the mountains. It's just completely calm. Um, and, and I'm sure people were wanting to catch fish, but I was like, this is the perfect lake to just throw rocks in. You know, and it was so calm up there, and you would throw a rock, and the ripples would just continue forever, right? And they just keep going. And it was really amazing. I can remember as a kid being kind of fascinated with that. You know, and, and, and this, the, the, the ripple idea is something... That, that people have used to, to try to make this analogy of moving outward, of, of something starting small, right? It starts with a single event, but then it starts moving outward and it starts impacting things. And then, you know, whenever you skip a rock, what you find is you, you have different moments that it hits and all those ripples just start colliding. And that's actually a pretty good way of thinking about how uh, God desired for the kingdom of God to advance, Right? It was all of these people would make impacts and then it would just start colliding. And that's exactly what it did. I want us to read this passage and, and, I, and really kind of discuss that idea and how that applies to us. So in Acts chapter 1 it says, uh, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. He's talking about the Gospel of Luke. 
Luke and Acts are basically should be one, one book. They're written by the same person. Luke talks about the life of Christ. Acts continues on the life of the church. So it says, uh, to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke out about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes in a cloud hid from, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up in the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who had been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. All right. So this is a, a, a cool scene. And as you know, I, I love to think about the, the, what the Bible tells us and to, to really make it personal. And so kind of putting yourself uh, in that rather than just reading this as a story that happened a long time ago think about kind of the humanness of this uh, of this moment so here you have the disciples they've now been spending some time with Jesus uh, over the period of about 40 days um, and it, it becomes clear that that something's going to happen and Jesus is going to leave they probably weren't expecting that he would just kind of float off into the air like a hot air balloon right that, that probably wasn't on their radar and, and so it's, it's interesting, that, uh, and I love the picture of, of that happening and all the disciples just kind of staring up going, okay, what, what now? And then an angel has to kind of shake them out of it, right? <laughs> Says, hey, what, quit looking there, go start doing what he said, right? Go back to Jerusalem, wait, and things will start happening, right? And it's really fascinating to, to put yourself in the place of the disciples of what that must have been like. There was, in so many ways, there's so little direction, but yet the direction that, that Christ is giving is going to make a difference. It's going to transform the world. And I talk a lot about sometimes we overcomplicate the, the message and the, the ministry that God has for us. It really can be pretty simple, but you have to be willing to do it. And the disciples were. So they, they ended up, they go back to Jerusalem and they wait on the Holy Spirit. Uh, you have this encounter with the Holy Spirit uh, that happens uh, later, and then the ball starts rolling, right? And, and uh, Jesus gives them a really good kind of uh, framework in which to view how they're going to make an impact. And it starts with them as an individual, and then it starts moving, and it moves out to a, a one group, and then another group, another group, ultimately to the ends of the earth. I think that's a good way to look at something. It's kind of like that ripple effect. You have something that starts the ripples, right? And then it starts moving out and impacting others, impacting other places, people, things, right? But you have to have something that is that initial impact. And, and that is what is common 
between all of us. Right? This is, you know, I, I think it's a, a geometry term, right? Is concentric circles, right? Y'all remember that from school? I, I kind of do. I'm going to play it off as I, I remember. But concentric circles, right? You have, you have a, a, a circle and then circles that are, that are bigger and they all are a little bit different, but they all hold something in common, right? And that, that first circle is what starts it all. And, and that's what we have in the resurrection. And that first circle, I think, is based on basically two different things. And, uh, and I love how uh, Luke, as he's writing this, he, he says, Jesus spent some time with them for 40 days, giving them many proofs that he was alive. Right? Now, you know, we think that today it's kind of hard for us to believe that the resurrection happened, right? Well, it was hard back then for people to believe that the resurrection had happened. Right? People rising from the dead was not a normal thing 2,000 years ago, just as it's not a normal thing today. Right? So it was, it was a challenge. We've talked about that the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and it's interesting that Jesus spent a lot of that time giving proof to those early followers that, yes, I really am alive. Right? Because that was important. That, 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 that's the first splash to making all of these ripples. And it needed to be ingrained in those early followers that, yes, I am alive, I did overcome, I am uh, divine, I am God's son, I am God's continued plan. Right? That, that had to be there. They had to believe that with all that they were, that the, Jesus truly was who he said he was. Right? That was part of that 40 days. The purpose of that is to ensure that they could believe that without a doubt. But there was something else too. Not only was there this belief in the actual event, belief in who Jesus said he was, but then they also needed to experience him. And that it talks about the waiting on the Holy Spirit. And anytime we start talking about the Holy Spirit, we're obviously not going to get into that deeply today because, man, that's a tough uh, subject, right? But I, I kind of look at it in a simple way. Uh, there is a belief that the resurrection happened and you can believe that God exists and you can believe that God loves you, there's a difference between that and then actually experiencing him where he starts to impact every aspect of your life. Where you start saying, okay, not only do I believe this, but I, I actually want to, to allow him to start changing the way that I think, changing the way that I live. I want to start living according to what he has taught. Right? Now, we're not talking about what gets us into heaven here. We're not talking about sal you know, salvation issues here, necessarily. What we're talking about is that sometimes we're content with just the belief part. And we get really uncomfortable with actually when that starts to, to apply and change how we live. Right? And, and I think it's kind of both of those. And that was very important to Jesus, that the disciples experienced both of those. That they experienced not only, yes, they can believe that I'm alive, but they need to experience my presence in a very real and powerful way that becomes that motivating factor for them. Because our, just our belief that something is true is only going to motivate us for so long. We need to, to where that kind of becomes part of who we are. And that's what the disciples experienced with the Holy Spirit. They realized, no, I have, I have a calling. I want to share this message with the world around us. 
Right? And so that, that's kind of the splash. If you think of, of the, the ripples in our life, that's the beginning place, is this realizing and believing that God is who he says he is, that Jesus did what he said he, he did, that he rose again, and also having experiencing him, where we know that, hey, I want to start living my life the way that God has called me to live. And then it starts moving outward. Jesus specifically says to the disciples, and I love it, the disciples ask him, you know, because Jesus says, okay, I'm about to leave. And their first question is, okay, well, when are you coming back and going to make everything right again? Right? He says, they ask him when he was going to come and restore the nation of, of Israel. Right? They're talking about end times. Right? And Jesus basically just dismisses that. He said, that's not your focus. Don't worry about that. I think there's, there's actually a lesson in that for us today. Right? That shouldn't really be our concern. Um, and there's been whole churches and whole ministries that that's their focus is kind of what's going to happen at the end. And it's kind of like, yeah, that, that's going to happen, but we're not there yet. So we might as well focus on what's going on now. That's kind of what Jesus is saying to disciples. Don't worry about that. He says, I want you to go. I want you to experience the Holy Spirit, which you're going to. And by the way, they would have had no idea what that really meant. And they're just like, all right, we'll just go and wait. And then they did, right? And, and then they, they weren't able to ex, ex, uh, explain it really well, except that, man, we experienced something that changed our lives. Right? And then Jesus said, and then I want you to go to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Right? And what he was saying is, okay, you start here in Jerusalem. You start with the people that are like you, the people who understand you, the people that are connected with you. Right? You start there being my witness, telling, telling people what you've experienced, what you believe. And then that's going to naturally start Outward. to flow Right, and because uh, Judea would have been a little bit uh, larger geographical area of, of Jerusalem, but it would have still been Jewish people. Samaria starts to include the, a lot of the same geographical area, but started to include people that believed different things that were not considered like them, that were a little bit different ethnicity. Right, and then to the ends of the earth it was specifically they would have been in their mind they would have been thinking Rome. Because Rome was kind of the ends of the earth in a, in a way, the Roman Empire. And so it was to go to all of those, to the Gentiles, to the people, no matter what they believe. Right? And churches have adopted this basic principle. Most churches, and some very specifically, they have local missions, right? then they have state missions, then they have international missions. Kind of taking that basic approach. Okay, we're going to do things here, then we're going to move outward. That's, and that's really good. One of the, the challenges, and, uh, and this is going to circle back to us whenever we look at, at, at our personal uh, role in this, is churches, we got, <laughs> we got really good at doing the international stuff. <laughs> and I think sometimes we forgot about doing the local stuff. And, and I think we see the, the effects of that now. Right? And, and there's a few reasons for that. One, because it is important to do the international stuff. It's important to do that. But most of us can help with the international stuff by simply writing a check. Right? And I'm not demeaning that, by the way. That's really important to do. We need, and I think we should, support missionaries and things like that. 
But a lot of times, we, I think in our mind, we're like, well, okay, I'm, I'm doing my job to, to make a difference and share the, the Word of God, right? Now I can just go back to, to my own life, right? Because I think sometimes that widest circle out there, that's the easiest one to be in because you don't, it's, it's farther away from being personally invested, now, now, there are some people who are called to the international ministry, so they're actually going to the ends of the earth. That's wonderful. Most of us are not called to do that, and that's okay. In fact, you, you look at the disciples and those earlier followers, they didn't all go out. Peter, pretty much the, the leader of the, the church, pretty much stayed in Jerusalem the whole time. It wasn't until years later that Paul came around and that he started going out, right? So, so we, we think about this, sometimes we, we choose the easiest circle. It's like, okay, well, I'll kind of support that from afar. And I, I want us to start thinking about this, okay, that applies to an organizational church view. Okay, you start local and then you move out. Well, how does that apply to me as a follower of Christ? And I think it's very similar, right? That it starts with you. And, and this is a, a, a tough one because we talk a lot about the importance of community. We talk a lot about the importance of relationships, and, and that is all very true. But ultimately, your relationship with Christ, it starts with, with you and Him. And that's, and that's it. That's where it starts. And then it starts moving out. And the reality is, is I think a lot of us are kind of uncomfortable really stepping back and evaluating, okay, let me think about my relationship with Christ. <laughs> Do we really want to spend time with him so that we start realizing, oh, these are the areas in my life that I need to change. These are the things that I do. Sometimes we would rather just say, you know what, I'm going to get involved with some of these things on these outer ripples. You know, I can go on a mission trip or, or I can support this or I can support that. And all of that's wonderful. But sometimes that just becomes an excuse not to look and take care of where we are with our relationship with God. You know, you see this. This is a big danger for pastors all the time, right? Because pastors, you get into a church, and then you, you start, and your focus becomes the, your congregation and, and ministries and things like that. And then pretty soon, all of a sudden, you're like, wait. I hadn't worked on my relationship with God at all. I've experienced this. I have to check myself all the time, right? And I think this is how a lot of times pastors, and, and these are the ones that we hear about, right, are, are the pastors with lots of either moral fail, failures. I was having a conversation yesterday, pastor that's embezzled all kinds of, of money. I have no doubt that he started in ministry not with the purpose of embezzling money, Right? But you get so wrapped up in doing things that on the surface are good, right? But then all of a sudden you're getting so involved with that you forget, wait, what started all of this? Where is my relationship with God? And it becomes very easy to neglect that. I think when we start thinking about how we're going to make a difference in God's kingdom, we have to get back and we have to make sure we do start with us. What do I believe about God? Do I really believe the resurrection? And not only that, have I given myself the opportunity to experience the life-changing power of Christ? 
You know, I know talking about the Holy Spirit can be kind of weird, but have you given yourself the opportunity to experience God's presence here and now? Right? And that we continue to do that. And sometimes what we do is we need to, to move out and then we need to spend some time. We need to come back and we need to, to uh, make sure that we are still doing what God has called us to do. But I love thinking about the concentric circles with our, with our lives because I think the way that we need to start looking at it is we need to look at that first initial start is our relationship with Christ. Then it moves to our family. And that, that changes over time. Whenever you have kids at home, that, man, that family, that is your first and main priority of being a witness to. That's where you need to be living out your faith is in your family. And then whenever you're doing that, it's going to be natural that that's going to start happening in your extended family, right? And you be your witness and, the, and you're living for Christ in your extended family, right? And then that moves out to your, your work setting, your social settings, right? And then that may move out to farther than that. Some people may be called, you know what? I'm called to go start a church or I'm called to be a missionary. Most people aren't, right? Because we can't all be doing that. That doesn't make any sense, right? But we can be aware of others, of people who are not like us of, and, and that we support organizations that are going and making a difference to people that we will never even come in contact with. Right? That's kind of what we hope is happening with our trips down to Honduras. You know, the, there are many of you that may never have the opportunity to go on one of those trips, but you have a connection with the people there, right? That, and that because we're, we're realizing, hey, this kingdom of God is a lot bigger than just Journey Elgin. It's a lot bigger than the community of Elgin. It's a lot bigger than the United States, right? And we're part of all that. But it is so important. And it was so important for the disciples that for that to get started, for the ripples to start, they needed to, one, know that Jesus had risen from the dead, and two, they needed to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they did that, it completely changed their life. And it really, the ripples started to become natural. They didn't have to work at them, right? You know, you had Peter who just started preaching there in Jerusalem, and this church started to grow. And naturally from that, you had people that said, you know what, I'm from Antioch. I'm going to go back to Antioch, and I'm going to start sharing the gospel of Christ with them. And then you had uh, later on, and this is years, right? We, always, we love things to happen rapidly. It didn't. Paul had his Damascus experience, right? And, uh, and we think of him as the great missionary. He had that experience and then spent probably 10 years just getting his life right with Christ and learning about that before he actually started his missionary journeys, right? We think that he had the, that uh, um, amazing time with uh, Christ on the, the road to Damascus, and then the next week he was like, all right, I'm going out. No, that wasn't it at all. He needed to make sure that he was where he needed to be. And then those circles start to happen naturally. And I just want to encourage you, sometimes we get so wrapped up into all the things we're, we're asked to be part of. You're asked to serve here, you're asked to serve here, you're asked to do this and that. Sometimes we need to step back and we need to make sure we focus on that, that, that initial rock that goes into the water. What do we believe in God? 
Do we believe in the resurrection? Have we given ourselves lately the opportunity to experience the presence of God? And that's going to start informing you and motivating you to start being his witness in your family, in your work setting, in, your, in the community, and it's going to move out and you're going to start making an impact. One thing I loved to do as a kid is I would get all just the pebbles. I loved it when it was just a bunch of pebbles and you could just scoop up a bunch of pebbles and you just like a hand grenade and throw them into the pond. And they would just rain down, right? And they would all just make all these tiny little uh, uh, plops in the water. And then all the ripples would just collide. And it just, what was completely smooth was now impacted by the movement of the water. You know what? If that's how we kind of start approaching the world, the world becomes impacted by the movement of the Holy Spirit. But it starts with you, and it starts with your relationship. And with, with a God who loves you, a God who is present today, and a God who is going to lead you to start making a difference in the world around you. But you have to spend time with him and make sure that your foundation is rooted in that loving salvation found in Christ. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas, 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.